This week's episode is a part two. Well, not even a part two, but it's with uh, Christian uh, Daniel Jr. and Sr. They were one of my first guests when the podcast got started, and a little over a year later, and it's like a whole different... He's like a grown man now. He's, he can tell his voice changed, and, but he's still just a great kid. He's coming to grips with racing. I predict a great year from him, and it's just so great to watch that bond between son and father. And they just have a great relationship. I love racing families. I really do. And I think I think it's one of my best interviews ever. I, the first one, I talk way too much. This time, I let them talk. And so I think you're going to enjoy this uh, second part interview of Christian Daniel and Christian Jr. Here we go. One, two, three. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Tales from a Gemini. It's BT. And you know what? When I was starting out with this podcast, wanting to get racers on and everything, I came across a family that was racing. They, they live in the dream over in Europe. They moved over there. And since then, we became tighter than Presley's pants. And now they come back on the show because they're kind of cult classics now. They're the, one, they're the reference point for people over here in the United States wanting to get into MotoGP or wanting to race in Europe. They're the litmus test. They really are. So if people look up to them. They are the role models. And right now, have them on the show for the second time. Christian Daniel Jr. and Christian Daniel Sr. How you guys doing, guys? Very nice, very nice. Hey, you Amazing. know, it's been, it's been what, over a year, so I want to know one thing. Are you still playing Fortnite, Christian? Uh, not so much anymore. Oh, look at that. Somebody's grown up. When I first talked to you, you were playing Fortnite, just a, just a wee baby, and now look at you. You got, got a little hair on your chin. <laughs> <laughs> He's still playing games, though. He's still playing games. It's just not Fortnite. He's moved on to another game. That's all. <laughs> How you guys been? I think it's been over a year. How you guys been since the first, since the first time we talked? We've been really well. It's... Uh, the, um, the middle school is really fun. Just a lot of homework. That's for sure. Um, but yeah, it's, it's really fun. It's been a really fun time. And with all the writing and stuff, it's just like been progressively better every time. So I'm really happy. Man, honestly, I was looking at last night and you were just a kid. I mean, literally a kid. Your voice had that little voice. And now you sound like a, almost an adult, like, like he's hit puberty. Like, hey, dad, listen, what I'm going to do, I'm, I'm going to train for a little bit, dad. Then me and my wife are going to have a, have a little anniversary, and then we're going <laughs> to, that's what it sounds like. He's doing, he's doing, he's doing extra. Like, he's, he's at, he just turned 13, so I could tell as soon as he hit 13, like, his chest started to puff out a bit, and, he, you know, he's doing that on purpose. Like, hey, dad, uh, I got to talk to you. I'm like, all right, man, relax. Take the bass out. So it's there. He's trying. He's getting there. Man, <laughs> honestly, I think it's beautiful, though. And I guess I said it from the first time. I just love this family, what you guys have done. If you guys aren't familiar with the first episode with this family, they literally packed up from California and moved to Barcelona for him to follow his dream of wanting to become a MotoGP rider. And because you go over in Europe and that's and that's the creme de la crosse, the cream of the crop. And now you're in the European Talent Cup. Correct me if I'm wrong. Right. And you're on a what I love about your team is. It's like the first African-American and a female on the same team, which I think is just, it, it's, it's great. It shows the sign of the times, man. I mean, was that purpose or it just happened to be that way? I mean, honestly, it just happened to be that way. I mean, before the first test, I didn't know that, uh, that, that my teammate would be a girl, which is actually pretty awesome. So, How like, now, now we both have, like, a, you know, like, some type of, like, special – special thing and like the best thing is the best part is that we're on the same team it's crazy dude i think it's i mean it's great and but but you know even though she's a female what was rule number one first person you got to beat is your teammate don't show her any yeah. don't show her any any favoritism yeah. it's funny, like so we went to the test and i was like man just pay attention to your own writing and just stay in your own box and he was like yeah, everything was good but i just wanted to make sure i was in front of her and i was like man just from like from the first lap dude i was like just super basic racer you know, you don't, you, it is what it is. <laughs> so. I, think, I think that's great. I mean, it's ladies first until you go to the whole shot. And then you got to get your elbows out. And it's like, and she understands. <laughs> and get your elbows out. And don't even look back yeah. and go, sorry. Go, she'll understand. You know, if she's a racer, she'll understand. Because she'll do the same to you. If she can catch up. Oh, no. I love that. Oh, somebody, somebody's <laughs> feeling themselves already. <laughs> Very different, dude. If you that, it's funny. To, no, honestly, the so the last season in the, the talent cup, this is the second season, it gave him a lot of confidence. He struggled a lot last season learning, 
Uh, but I think having been through that, he knows that it's not going to be any more difficult than it was last season. And now he's older and bigger. And so now he's got a lot more confidence. He, he got, he's got a little strut in his step when he's walking through the paddock, you know? Well, you know, you, you, you kind of got to have that, though. I mean, there's nothing is wrong with being humble, but you kind of got to have that cock walk, man. Like, you know, hey, I, I'm the man. To, I'm, that's why I'm here. You know, I'm here to take care of business and, and, and everything else later, but I'm here to take care of business. So you, you kind of got to have that, you know, that little attitude. Yeah. A little swag, swag. Yeah, <laughs> a little bit of swag. No, he's got it. He's got it. He has for his haircut to be done, and like he's he's changed. You know, the season's different. I can feel it. <laughs> well, I'm I'm gonna ask you this, and even though it, we did it in passing and as a joke last time, I, I I asked. I go now that he's a little bit older. I think I talked to you. I think he was like maybe ten. Has he started? Uh, has girls come into the picture yet, or kind of like you know, kind of a little distraction? Okay, good. Okay, just making sure you still had that focus. Just making sure. My, mo my motorcycle is the only girl I've ever had and I'll ever have. <laughs> we'll do it again next year. BT, we'll do it again next, next year. We can find out if it's still... At one point, it's going to change, you know? No. I'm going to be replaced by some woman. It's going to be some girl sitting in my seat like, oh, this is my girlfriend. I'd like to do you to BT. It's going to be different. Don't worry. <laughs> he, he, he and Maria Carrera. He and Mia Herrera. Exactly. Like <laughs> right. Right. I'm watching them and the, him and his teammate in the paddock. Like, hey, you guys... You know, rubbing is racing, but not too much rubbing, you know? So, <laughs> Man, I think that's honest. I think that's great. Okay, so here we go. So last time we talked, you know, you were getting acclimated. What has changed? I know you said you got a little confidence. What made you get the confidence? Because I remember following you like I always do, and there were some crashes and there were some, I guess, uh, bumps along the road. You know, did, did anything happen that deterred you a little bit or made you say, I really have to focus more now? Honestly, it's because usually in in the past in the past classes, I would I wouldn't do so bad. Uh, like in the Moto Five classes, my first year, I got like a like a pretty nice win, and I was like super happy and I was super ready for ATC. And all of a sudden, I was like I, I wasn't one of the past people that I was like, wait, what's happening here? Yeah. So I was kind of like in the beginning. That's why it was like you know like like you said a few bumps in the road. It's because it was like my mindset was set on like me being one of the fastest people. And when I wasn't, I would get super nervous. But anyways, by the end, I started realizing that I'm not the fastest person there. And from there, I started working and trying to get faster and faster. And it worked. So, yeah, I'm really happy. I'm really happy. Well, you know, I mean, but honestly, but that's kind of what you want to be coming in. Because, I mean, to get better. You have to start off like, okay, I'm not the fast, so it's gonna have to. I have to focus more and see what yeah. I gotta to do to get better. I mean, it's like it's like any other sport. If you you don't want to be the best in the room, like when I used to wrestle, I didn't want to be the best in the room. I wanted to come in like, man, this guy's whooping my ass. This guy's whooping my. Ass. I gotta get better because iron sharpens iron. So if you come in and you're not faster, maybe it focus makes you focus more and go, wow, I came from here, I got my first victory. Now I'm here and I'm middle. I'm middle of the pack. I mean, is, is that the mentality yeah. that you took? Yeah, it's, it's exactly that. Uh, honestly, it took a bit more than I wanted to, but in the end, what, what's the, the important part is that I, I arrived there and I did it. So, yeah, I'm really happy. I'm really excited for the season because now I'm coming, I'm, I'm coming into the season with a more open mindset instead of being super closed off and thinking that, like, if I'm not the fastest, there's something wrong. Like, if I'm doing something wrong, it's not that. It's just everyone's super faster. Okay. So, yeah. So, now, I ask you, Dad, I watched you guys get his first victory. And it was kind of one of those tracks where, like, it's – you can't really – like, you didn't even know until he came across first. And I just remember you hearing you on the video going, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? And, and as, as I say this, I felt the goosebumps. I feel the goosebumps on my neck because I felt that win with you. Even though I, have, I don't have any kids, I felt that win with you because you were like, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? What was that like, that first victory for both of you? Yeah, so that was a victory. Yeah, so uh, for me, um, so that was at Aragon as well, which is a, which is a great track. Um, it was a big track. It was a close battle. He was much, he was one of the leading guys all weekend, but the guys he was racing against even in that class are still fast. So they were able to latch on, and it was like a three-way battle for the whole race. And they kept going back and forth and back and forth. Um, and you, you can't at Aragon, the track is so big and we're on the pit wall. You couldn't see anything, as you said. So, um, when I saw him come around the final corner and it was just him, I don't know. It was like, a, I, I 
now at that moment, I understood what the MotoGP guys feel when they're on the wall screaming because my my excitement went through the roof. I mean, I was you, I lost my mind, dude. It was like I couldn't believe it. You know, it was just uh, I don't know. I couldn't believe it. I was super excited. Um, we were surrounded by by friends and stuff like that, and uh, they were laughing at me because of how much I was screaming. And I, I recorded it that way and stuff. You know, I don't know. It was uh, it was just a lot. You know, um, it kind of felt like. All, up to that moment, all the work we put in and sacrifice and stuff like that. And, and mainly the, like for me, I, I feel like I put in work, but he puts in a lot of work. He's got to go to school. He's got to, he's got to, especially now he's training hard. So up, up until that point, I feel like that moment, I was more happy for him because he got uh, a taste of some success, you know, because a lot of these kids do a lot of laps and they don't get a, a chance to experience that. So I was really proud of him that he got a chance to do that after all the work he's put in. Did you so, cry? I, I don't know. Just, Did you cry? Um, I'm not a choir, man. Okay. Did, I'm not a choir. Did you at least have it? Did you tear up a little bit? A, a little bit, a little bit. I'm not. Yeah. I think I, I got super like, you know, I'm the dude in the, I, I was probably breathing deep and I, I go through like, I got my, I, I couldn't let a tear down. So people were staring at me, you know, like everybody's like, oh, I was like, I don't hold it together. You know? Um, I was really, I was really, really, really excited though. I, I don't, I've never been aside from when him and his little brother were born. I don't think there's another day that I was like more happy. But again, it's mainly for him, just because the, the little dude, put, he puts in a lot of work. So I was really happy that he could experience that, you know? How about you, Drew? Like, and what about yeah. that first, for that first victory, I mean, did you have that wave of excitement? Like when you, got, when you made the pass and you're coming around, did you have, like, dad's going to see me? Or did you go, keep it together? What was your feeling coming into that last turn where you're like, got to keep it together. Oh, I hear something in the bike. I got to keep it on, on, you know, keep it rubber side up. Or did you think about your dad? What were you thinking? Man, I mean, the thing, the, the, to tell the truth, it was actually like I was kind of laughing in my helmet because it was the last lap, the last corner. Yeah. And I was, I was like in third. And like they were slowly like in the middle of the straight because uh, the gearing was a bit shorter. So, or the, it was a bit longer. So, it, it, like the, at the end of the straight, they started pulling away. And it was, it's the last lap. It's like on the, almost in the last corner. I was like, okay, I'm I'm gonna just settle for a, a nice third a, ner- a nice third place. We were all battling for the whole weekend. Okay, that you know, like I, I could take that. And then all of a sudden I see both of them go like split out both ways. One of them crashes on the inside and the other on the outside. Both of them crash. <laughs> both of them go out. And I'm just looking at them like, what are you doing? Oh my god. And I remember I was just looking back and like because the, the people behind us, like in fourth place, were like 12 seconds behind. And I was like, I was like, well, okay, what? I don't know how to do really, but what, what, type, of, <laughs> what, type, of, what type of celebration should I do? Uh, and I was just like super like amazing. I was so happy. Dude, I, I was mean, just What did you do, Quetzalina? You just did like a, a fist bump or something, no? Yeah, I did like a fist bump and like, I, I think I like revved the gas. Yeah. <laughs> Man, I can only imagine what that feeling was like. Okay, can you hear like other riders through your helmet um, when you're racing? Like, like, hey, that was. I mean, can you hear that? If you, you guys ever yell and like with your, with your opponent if you're that close? Not in not in a race, but at training at Rocco's Ranch. I remember one time uh, I was I was <laughs> riding was with uh, some pros. I don't know who. Uh, Dakota? Uh, yeah, Dakota. Dakota, Dakota Mamola. Yeah, Dakota Mamola. Yeah. We were like, uh, we were all training really hard. I was, I was slower than them. Uh, this was like six months ago, I think. It was so funny. We, it was like a, like a really hard training day. So much people there. Uh, I was on 100. He was on 100 as well. I remember I was like following someone, and then all of a sudden I hear, ah! <laughs> it, it scared like. <laughs> It was so, it was super fun. Like, I imagine myself, I imagine, like, I, I imagine looking at myself, like, in, like, shock. I, I was, that was the only time I heard someone else uh, saying something, but aside from that, nothing. They, they, it's a funny story. They do it on a flat track to, to, like, spook the people into making a mistake. You know, they do it solely for the purpose of, like, so the guy freaks out and, like, goes wide or something like that. Really? So... Yeah, and it happens. Yeah, if you're if you're out with like all the fast guys, and you know, some they'll do that to. The first time it happened to him, somebody did that to him when he, like three years ago, and he came off the track crying. 
Some guy screamed at me. So keep writing, But that's good. But that is what um, Michael, uh, uh, the, the, the swimmer, uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, Michael Phelps. Michael Phelps. His coach would do that to him to prepare him for when when the meet comes, you know, in the Olympics. Like he would he would uh, fill his goggles up with water or maybe poke a hole in or whatever, so that when some if something did go wrong in the meet. It was fine. He was like, okay, I've been into this before. And that's what ha- has to happen. You got to go through, it's like, what they say? Expect the best, but prepare for the worst. And that's what it is. Yeah, yeah, someone yeah. screams yeah. at you. Something bad goes with the bike. Or whatever. You got to have that mental, man. No matter what happens, the, once the mental goes, then you're done. So as long as that mental is there, like somebody screamed, no big deal, I got this. And that's what it's all about. That will prepare you for anything going wrong in the race. Somebody goes, you know, like somebody maybe uh, crashed in front of you or maybe somebody in the back, you can hear him like, you know, hey, you cut me off. Like, I don't, I'm not hearing you. I ain't trying to hear you like that. You know what I mean? And that's what that does, man. And that's what it prepared you for. Prepared you for that first win. And you got that win. Yeah. It was good, man. It was good. It was good. So tell me how. You end up getting the European, uh, the European Talent Cup. Were you selected for that? Did you have to try out for that? How did that come about? Uh, well, there's no selection or tryout. It was mostly, um, it was mostly like every other class. Uh, the team sees you. They want you. Uh, you go with the team and you race. It's more or less like, like I said, like every other cra- every other class. Um, but yeah, there's, I, I don't, I don't. So what happened was after, so he had some, a bit of success that season. Yeah. Um, that race win, I think put him on the, the, the radar. I'm and then the, the last race of the season was at Valencia and he was, um, he was smoking every, like not smoking it, but he's like a second per lap faster than everybody else that he was racing against. Mm-hmm. And, um, he ended up crashing out of the race, but at, by the first lap, he had like a, one and a half second lead or something like that. So he had put out, and this was, uh, this Moto5 race was alongside the European Talent Cup, uh, European Talent Cup riders in Moto2. So a lot of the teams I think had seen him. So that weekend we, uh, and with that over the next couple of weeks, I had a lot of people contact us and say, hey, uh, you know, is Christian interested in riding European Talent Cup? And it was early. Wow, like, man, you know, we hadn't thought about that. There's other steps between here and there, but we got contacted by a lot of people um people i trust you know everybody always contacts somebody but people i trust um so he opened up the opportunity himself not really a selection you can always contact the teams to, but he got called because uh the performance he put in in moto 5 well that's like anything else in life i mean it, seriously it's like it's great to contact them but but them contacting you first it means they want you yeah. and that and that's yeah. a different power play you know when they want you it makes you go okay i'm on the right path where if you could contact yeah. them and they go, oh, okay, we'll get back with you. And it has to be thinking, but that's where you know you got the talent if they contact you yeah. first. Now, I'm going to go back. What if they wouldn't have contacted you? I mean, would you have been, like, worried, like, do I have the stuff? I mean, because you're over there a couple years or whatever. Was there ever a time that you doubted, like, maybe I don't know? Or did you know, like, hey, you know, I, I can hang with these guys? When, when was the first moment that you realized, I can hang with these guys? Well, the whole time, like – Honestly, it was actually super funny because when when my dad told me like because like like my dad said there's like levels you know like there's steps yeah. and I think ETC is like skipping like two or three steps like in the process you know and I remember he was like hey um do you want to race ETC and I was like ETC you you know like where where David Alonso and like Ivan Ortola and all these guys are I was like you mean ETC like ETC. Yeah. Like, this is the thing, you know, like, I, I look up to all the people that race inside there, and I'm going to race against them. It's like, man, this is crazy. Um, and he said, I mean, like, I, I, we might as well give it a try. I mean, like, there's... Well, at first you said no. True. At first, at first, at first I said no. At first he said he wasn't ready, because the idea, the idea was like... Uh, it was too it big. Was a, it, and honestly, looking back, it was a huge jump. He looked, I think because he was like a Moto 5, then it would have been Moto 4, then pre-Moto 3. There's... There's two steps that, okay, I got to go master these categories. We were already planning for Moto 4 and trying to figure out, okay, what do we do? Uh, so when we, that's like if he got pulled right now into Moto 3 World Championship, you know? Okay. He, he'd be like, I'm, I, don't feel, I don't feel ready for it, you know? Yeah. So the, when I first told him, he said he wasn't ready to add to, add to this story. Yeah. And, then, and then as time went on, uh, after he started thinking about it a bit, then he came back and he's like, no, 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 I want to give it a try. 
you kind of almost have to. It's like it's like when uh, Bender going into MotoGP from Moto Three, and Jack and Jack uh, Jack Miller the same way. I mean, it's like you know. When do you get ready? I mean, don't get me wrong. There's steps, and I mean, and, and there's different forms of thinking about this because, you know, Marquez says, hey, you know, Moto3, Moto2, win the championships, and then you go to MotoGP. But when they come knocking, hey, man, you know, sometimes, you sometimes, no. yeah, I mean, when, when you, you got to take that call, and you got to, and it forces you, it forces you to be uncomfortable, but it makes you focus, like, okay, if they think I'm good enough, I am good enough, and you accept that, and you go for it, and that's what you've done. Yeah. I think I wanted to highlight too. Last, like, I, I feel like, uh, you know, there's no right or wrong decision. So I, I, when I when we were approaching this, we it, it ended up flipping around because I did research and I thought about it a bit. And I talked with families. I ended up thinking, okay, we should wait um, to go to ETC. So then he was all excited to go, and I was like, wait a minute, no, no, wait a minute, wait. You know, so the the tables turned. But at the end, uh, he we had a really long talk, and I asked him why does he think he's ready? What is he expecting? And he convinced me on what he, he wants to give it a try. He's like, I know these are the fastest kids in the world. I want to go for it. I want to see what happens. And it was early. The, I think um, psychologically and emotionally last year, like what he said, was the hardest part of it. But at the same time, it made him mature so much as a professional writer. There's, uh, it was worth it. it. It was hard. It was, there were some really difficult points last season. But I look at him now psychologically and mentally in the way he trains and, and his intensity. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if he would have picked that up in those smaller classes. So I think last season it, it was hard, but it was like school of hard knocks. It taught him a lot. What was the lowest point at that time when he got called up? Like, was there a point where you go, oh, shit, maybe I, maybe I, you know, should have uh, waited or whatever? Or, or was there a point like that? Um, we, had a, we had one or two, I think. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I remember at the um, at Barcelona, mm -hmm. uh, at the my basically my home track. Uh, I was like, I was doing really good the whole week, you know, like like basically in the points, like or in the spot, like where I would qualify and stuff. And the the like the the race before I qualified in Valencia, and I was like super like, okay, this is my race, like. Uh, I've been doing good the, like the whole weekend and I'm like super ready to do this. And like we came into Saturday and everyone went like so much faster. But like everyone, like everyone on the grid went like two or three seconds faster than the day before. And I was like, man, I'm not right. Like I wasn't, I was not expecting people to go like from one spot of the weekend where I thought like I was pushing my like my maximum, you know, mm -hmm. giving it all in, and everyone like out of nowhere gets, you know, like the three second, uh, the three second uh, freaking like, yeah, advantage. Yeah. Uh, and at that point, it started like my mind started to cloud, mm -hmm. you know, like maybe I wasn't ready for etc. Maybe it wasn't the best. Uh -huh. But by the end, like for example, I um. At Perez, which was the second to last uh, second to last uh, race, mm -hmm. I was like, I remember in in the qualifying and in the last chance race, because I didn't make it through, but I was super close. I was one spot off. Um, I remember like there's there's a problem with the bike in the first quali, and in the beginning I was like super frustrated because. You know, like I was as as well. I was doing really good all 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 weekend, and I knew that everyone, like like I said, everyone will go faster, and I need the like the qualities to also go faster. And I remember it, I I only got one lap, and I went like a second faster than the time before. And I was like, man, like you know, like maybe I maybe I actually am ready. Like you know, like I was improving a lot and stuff, and I was like super happy. Um, and then the, it was the second qualifying, and I was like okay, we got this, like, you know, like, we, we're going to keep on improving and, and we're going to make it in because, like, it was so close the whole time. So I was, like, super pumped and I was like, man, this is actually, like, the right path. Um, I didn't make it in in the end, but it was super close and super fun and that's the important part. Uh, the last chance race was also super fun. So, yeah, I think from there, like, from, from the second to last race, I started, I started to think, again, like, I'm like myself, you know, like it might take time, but like I'll get there by the end. Now, um, did you put pressure yeah. on yourself or was it like, like, oh God, I got to show this team 
that I'm good enough? I mean, was it, was it more like I got to show this team I'm good enough or is it like I got to show myself that I'm good enough? Sometimes, you know, like you don't want to disappoint your dad or me. I never want to disappoint my dad or my coach. To me, my coach was the biggest one I didn't want to disappoint because you have that look they have and you go, oh, God. And that, that made me want to try harder. When I saw my coach have a look on his face like, God, I mean, that made me go, okay, I, I got to try harder. So which one was it? Was it the didn't want to disappoint yourself, your dad or the team? It was, it was mostly myself, honestly. I, I like, I didn't want to, I, I didn't want to do worse than my expectations of myself. So like, I'll just put so much pressure on myself. Like looking back, it was, it was super like ridiculous because like by the end that I, I, I would always like get to the, get to where I need to be or super close. Mm -hmm. But yeah, like for example, the next day I remember because I got fourth and the uh, um, third and, and fourth could get, can get, you can do the warm up mm -hmm. uh, the next day. So I did the warm up. I came back inside and somehow I did the time that would have qualified me. Are you yeah. serious? Yeah. yeah, yeah. In the yeah, he, he got in his own, uh, last season, he got in his own way a lot. It was he, because the practices would be Thursday, Friday, and then we'd have qualifying Saturday and the races on Sunday. And, you know, most of these tracks were new. So he's learning the tracks most of the time. Uh, so, you know, we kind of wrote, not wrote off Thursday, but th it was, and he was also learning the bike. So Thursdays would usually just be get comfortable and push. Mm -hmm. Friday was like, okay, now we need to push maximum. And what would happen a lot of times is Friday, he wouldn't really improve on his Thursday last time, really much, you know? Um, and they were just, he, it, it's like he had a mental block because I think he wasn't moving forward as fast as he thought. Right. So when he went out there, that was all that he was thinking about is I'm not going fast enough. I'm like, it, that's what it seemed like yeah. from the outside. Um, and uh, it was difficult to watch, you know, because I, I saw him just beating himself up. And I, I, there was nothing I could do. I, I, I tried and I was like, well, I, I, <laughs> was was ask, I was gonna ask you that. I mean, I mean, how was it for you as a dad? I mean, I know the dad part of you wants to go in and say, son, I mean, whatever. Like, you, you, I don't know if you're a hugger or whatever or say it's going to be okay. Or you go, I'm going to let him figure out on his own. Or how, how did you go through that? Uh, I don't think – I think uh, I didn't handle it the best. I'm, I'm supportive, um, but I, I learned a lot as a race dad as well. You know, because in the previous seasons, uh, I was there and, we you know, we managed well. Yeah. But I, I, it, it was something I had to learn also by the middle of the season. Normally, I, the team would talk to him mostly. I was there. I think I was adding, unintentionally adding pressure, even though he didn't mention it. I think I was adding pressure unintentionally. I, was, I believe in you. You can do this. You got this. I know you can do, you know, boom, 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 boom. Uh, but I think looking back now, and I realized it halfway through the season, um, there's nothing that anybody could have said to him because the, the battle was going on inside of his head. So there's no word of encouragement that I could have given him at that time. It was just a, a process that he needed to go through last season, you know, and as he said, as it went on. So I think I, I'm more of a, you, you got this, I believe in you, you can do this, you know, focus, you, uh, you know, believe in yourself. You, because I made for me, it mainly, most of it was he lacked, he didn't believe that, he had the ability to, to be there. Yeah. I, I don't think last season in the beginning part of the season, I don't think he believed that he had the ability to be there. So he was riding like 50, 50, 50, 50, he was going, but then he would stop at a point uh, because uh, I don't know, but then he would do it at, at the last moment. Then he would pull some magic out. And I'm like, no, no, you got to do that on Friday and Thursday, you know? So um, I learned a lot as a race that to all the race that's watching this, uh, what the team told me, honestly, by the end of the season, they were like, yo, you have to go outside the box. I know you're, you're trying to convey love, but yes. we can, everybody can see the stress on your face. Yes. Uh, and you gotta, you gotta balance, you know, you gotta go outside the box. So I, by the end of the season, I would just go down the service road where the photographers are and stuff and just watch them ride. Uh, I told them, don't tell me any updates about what's going on in the box because I just want to be here to say, you got this. I love you. So if I was to redo it again, I wouldn't say anything about racing. I would just say, I love you. You got this. Don't worry about it. Let's go have some ice cream. Just that's the best thing a dad can do at that level of racing. There's nothing better I can tell him than what the team's already telling him, you know? Well, that's what, you know, that, I think that's what Dennis Foggy was going through. I mean, with his dad being in the box or I heard whatever. And, yeah. and even Marquez tells his dad, listen, don't ask me about this and that just be there I mean, you know when it, but don't say basically don't say shit to me basically i mean you know what i mean, I mean there's, no, there's no there's nothing we have we, we all come from a place of, of like compassion yeah. but i know when i the thing is 
uh, and he's also getting into his teenage years, you know, so like some of the facial expressions, and then I start getting into the ego, it just, it goes into a place where it doesn't need to be, and he's already dealing with stress, so it's like, uh, it was, I learned a lot, as a dad, and as a race dad, I learned a lot last season, it, it was difficult, and it was scary as well, because we had some tragedy, and we had some, yeah. uh, you know, there was, he had some big crashes, and there was a lot, emotionally, it was difficult, so I learned to be calm, and to separate myself when I needed to, otherwise I'd be adding because he'd just look at me and he'd, he'd know, he'd know, if I didn't say anything, he'd just look at me and know exactly what I was thinking, you know? Well, that, so I had to just learn to, to balance. <laughs> I think that's, I, I mean, I, that beauty, that relationship, I mean, for the people I've talked to, and I've talked to, I think you you guys were the first racing family I talked to on this. And yeah, it's yeah, been, yeah. I've, I've, yeah. I've had two, uh, I think two moms who were the central character. And I felt like such an ass. Matter of fact, on this, Amari, I, it was his mom. And I thought it was his dad. She goes, I'm his mom. And I, I read his social media. I watched media. that, dude. And I was like, I watched that. Yeah, you. Ill. Ill. I was like, man. <laughs> yeah. but, but like, hey, she's a boss, dude. Hey, mad respect to the, to the race moms out there. She's a boss, dude. Like, she, the way some of her answers about how she managed, because for me, motocross is more scary than, than road racing, you know? Yeah. Because they, so the way she handles that level of stress, for me, hats off to her, man. I, I have a lot of respect for that lady. That's crazy. Dude, I hit her up on, I mean, I literally talk to her all the time. I hit her up on DMs, and she was telling me that what I think they, I don't know what race it was, she goes, one of the race of moms told her son, listen, go until you see Jesus and then go a little bit faster. <laughs> I was like, what? I mean, that's a race mom. I was like, how great is no, that? No, no. <laughs> I'm going to write that down. No, don't write that down. <laughs> Go and see Jesus. I love that. <laughs> so, so for you, what, and I asked Sean Dillon Kelly this, about, and he mentioned Raul Fernandez. So I always say, what's your first oh shit moment where you like, you think you're really on it. You think you are killing it. And then somebody comes past you, you go, and you go, okay, okay. What's your first <laughs> oh-ish moment? Um, where you realize how fast the guys were. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it was. It it was in it was in Valencia. Who was after it? sure? Who was it? Was it just a whole gaggle of them, or was it one in particular? It was a whole gaggle of them. There's so many of them. It's not like a gang fight. I remember it was a whole gaggle of them. <laughs> yeah, I remember it, it was a. Uh, it was Valencia, the uh, Q2. Uh, I was I was doing phenomenal. I was like super. I was doing great. There's a huge train, a huge huge train. I was more or less in the middle of it, and like, you know, and I was like, oh, okay, I'm, I'm you know, I'm passing a few people, and like, I'm I'm still getting a pretty nice time. Like, I'm really into the into the group. And then like the wave of just like like five or six past pe past people just like start going past and like destroying everyone, like left, right, left, right, like outside, inside. And that's the moment when I was like, you, you know, <laughs> they're they're fast. <laughs> because like you, you know, like I was I was I was looking at uh, I have like a, the timer, like what times I was doing. Uh -huh. And it was like two seconds off, and I was like, man, I'm like really pushing hard right now. And like, you know, like so a whole bunch of people just start passing me. Like when I'm like at like full concentrated, like you know, like the horses that they have the thing like this. Yeah, blinders. I was literally like that, like like straight forward. Like I'm not I'm not joking around anymore. You know, and like I just get past like nothing. And I was like, man, ugh, this is messed up. <laughs> hey, man, but, hey, but you know what? It's paying off now. And that's what, I mean, look, I mean, like I said, if you guys get a chance to watch the Sean Dillon Kelly interview, he said the same thing about Raul Fernandez. You know, asking about what that first moment was like. And he was in uh, I think, a Red Bull Rookies Cup. And he said, he's got it pinned, going to a ref and going to, I forget what turn it is. He's like, he's feeling good about himself. And Raul Fernandez comes on, on the outside, like, and he's like, are you, are, you, are you serious? Really? This is what I got to do? And he backs in, he's like, really? Really, that's what I got to do. I mean, and that's what it's about, though. But like I said, you always want to be that dude. You don't want to be the best in practice or whatever. You want to be like, okay, this is what I got to do. And, it, and it, it should inspire you to be that way. So for somebody to look at you and go, I got to be like this guy. You know what I mean? Yeah. So when, when did you know you had to up your fitness game? Because, I mean, you know, I, like I've seen you before when you were smaller and you did a little mountain biking. Now I was watching your videos of training in, in, in the gym. I'm not going to lie. I'm going to keep it real. 
I watch your videos like, I got to do what you're doing. So I'm in the gym on the balance ball. I'm doing that. People think I'm crazy. I'm like, I got to get ready for the season. They're going, what season? I go, don't worry about it. And I, I mean, <laughs> I'm a grown-ass 52-year-old man going, I got to get ready for the season. I mean, I'm literally doing, <laughs> I'm doing all the things you're doing because you've inspired me. I'm trying to get my balance down. Like, well, like what season am I going to do? But still, that's what I'm doing. I mean, I went and, I went and cycled today 20 miles. I knew I was talking to you, so I had to, I had to get my, my, my racing kind of everything about yeah, me because yeah. that's how you look. Good. You look good. We can, you're glowing. You're glowing, BT. You look good. <laughs> so tell me, when did you when did you know you had to up your fitness game? Um, Portsmouth. And why is that? Because the track was so physical, or why? Why was that? Oh, it's struggling, man. Were you like breathing your helmet? Like the first few days, the first few days were like amazing. Like I was like improving a lot, so much, and the wind came. Like there was just like so much wind, and I was like, nah, nah, this is not, this is not why. This is no, because the thing is, you know, Portimao, you know, it's got all, a lot of huge, huge, huge elevation changes, yes. and they're really, really steep. Um, and so when you come over the crest, even when you're coming over the crest without wind, the bike's wheeling. You know, you yes. got to get over the front and. Then, you got to wrestle it down and stuff like that. So when the wind hits these little bikes and he's light, uh, you know, it's, it's pushing him out. He's basically going along for a ride. Wow. Um, yeah, I remember that. Is, is that the one he crashed at because it was raining? Was that was it Portimao? Portimao, no, that, that was Valencia. Okay. I don't think he, he didn't crash. In, no, he, he backed off. And Portimao, he backed off because, A, the, the track was scary on its own. And with the wind... He was just like, I don't feel comfortable at all. A lot of writers uh, feel that same way. It's really crazy. It's fun, but it's crazy. Well, you know, I, yeah, because I follow you guys. I mean, I really do. I follow you guys. Everything you guys do, I follow and try to like and everything. I really do. I mean, you're not inspiration only to me, but to other writers. Because, you know, I talked to EJ, EJ Jr. over here. He's trying to get his race on. And his father said same thing. He goes, hey, man, you know, we're new to this. And he said he talked to you guys, and I go, yeah. I said, you guys are the, I mean, you really are the inspiration for people racing over here. I mean, because you guys, I mean, you're basically the litmus test now. I mean, because, you know, you're young enough where, I mean, don't get me wrong, I know Gerloff's over there and a couple other riders, but you're in that age group to where they're looking up to you. EJ's looking up to you like, okay, if Christian Daniel can do it, I can do it. And, and, you know, and being a person of color, it also helps him see, like, okay, if he can achieve stuff over there, then I can I mean, do you, I mean, how does it feel now knowing that you're like a role model? Well, I mean, to, to be like totally honest, it was don't, it was only like maybe a month ago that I found out that like, like a lot of people are like looking up to me because I no like no joke. I really thought like everyone just, I don't know, like forgot about me. I swear. I swear. I, I forgot. I forgot. Like, you know, like the people like, like you know, you and some other people, you know, like the really core friends and stuff. But like, I, I never knew I was like that. Like, you know, dude, you that dude. Hear me? You hear me? Listen, what? you that dude, bro. You that dude. When they say, when they mention who's over there, kick, you know, kicking it, it's you, bro. They go, how's Christian doing? I mean, that's what you. I mean, when I knew you were at Portimao, I was like, oh shit, how do you do? And I mean, I read that, you know, everything. Okay, okay, he didn't qualify. Okay, 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 he'll get it, he'll get it. And then I saw. Then I wanted to have you on last week. And you're like, hey man, we would, but. We're in a rest, and I'm like, good. I mean, I, I love hearing that. I go, good. And when I heard you were doing the testing and everything, it just, man, it warms my heart knowing this, man, that you're, I mean, that you're, you're, you're killing it, bro. And I mean, from the bottom of my heart. But in that, in that, that you are killing it, you know, there was times last year, and I think I mentioned to your dad, I go, hey, man, you know, there was a couple of tragedies. And how do you guys deal with that? Because I know you're close to the racers over there. You know, it's like a close-knit community. And when, you know, something happens like that, how does it affect you as a dad? And how does it affect you as a racer? I'll let you answer first. <clears throat> um, so, like, like affecting, like, what way? Emotionally. Uh, yeah, yeah, just, I mean, just like, okay, like, you know, what happened yeah. with, with Jason at, uh, and, and Magello, unfortunately. I mean, that was horrible. And uh, I think somebody else in a, a classification that was in uh, the Spanish championship, I think, in Moto3, I think. Ah, I know, it was his championship. There was Hugh and Milan. That's that was, it. He was in that race, actually. It was an Aragon. He was in that race oh, when that happened. My, I mean, yeah. what was that feeling like? I mean, if, if, if you want to talk about it. Um, well, I don't want to get, like, too much into detail because it was, like, a really, like, stunning moment because I feel like it was the first time 
in a very long time that I like I was racing with him or that like someone in general like passed passed um passed away. you know like passed away and I was like in the race and I thought it was like you know like a regular like crash all like maybe yeah they just hit the bike and you know blah blah, blah. it's all good like you know like we start the race and and you know like finish that I, I remember like when we started the race um like maybe like 30 minutes later um uh, like we restarted the race like I crashed in the first corner because there's like some like radiator fuel in the first corner because uh, two people touched and crashed right um but like I remember like I went in the pits the race finished and they like announced that like you know Hugo no I went to the I went to the hospital to you know like because I, I when I crashed like I broke my nail or something I don't know and like we went to go get it fixed and well it's just not like 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 there's like so many medics and stuff and there's like a lot of people there uh, how did you yeah. how did you go after that writing for a little bit I was I was kind of like scared riding the bike or like any bike in general because like that was a that was a really Shocking. Like the yeah. shocking moment. Did you talk to any? Did you talk to anybody about that? Like maybe a former racer and say, "How do you get over that mental and get back on that bike and do what you got to do?" Because that is tough. I mean, because I mean, as much as we like to think you guys are superhuman, I mean, we're all human, and that hits us no matter what. But also, I mean, you know, you got to do what you got to do. I mean, so how did how did you get through that mentally? Well, I mean, honestly, I just like. And and like no offense, like I just put that aside, and I was like, okay, like this is my dream, like, and now I like I really know like the cost of like riding a motorcycle, you know, like it's a dangerous sport, and I guess it, it hit me, but like I was just like keep on moving on, and, like just keep on racing. How about you, Dad? Yeah, it was it was hard for me. Uh, also, I wanted to point out, like, I one year I was driving tra to training one day with him and a friend of ours, Torin Collins from Canada, and it was right after this happened because Torin Collins was also in this race, and they were in the back of the van talking about it. I can hear them talking through their they had their own little like therapy session. Yeah. So I they there was a few conversations between racers that they were they were having. I think that helped them express themselves, and we talked a lot about it. Um, so that I was really. Uh, proud of him and, and all of his little colleagues and how professional uh, and empathetically they, they talked about it. It was really hard for me to be honest with you. It's uh, it's even hard to talk about it because I saw the parents like by the medical center crying and stuff like that, you know? So like uh, that I cried. So I said, I was going to cry earlier. I cried then because I, that's just something that you don't want to imagine. And it's something I couldn't even imagine the pain that they were feeling uh, and the devastation. And it, 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 for a couple of weeks, it was like, I didn't even want to touch a motorcycle. I was ready for him to quit and because it's a big cost. You know, we say it's, it's the, we understand the cost for the dream, but it's like at that moment when it's in your face, yeah. it's difficult to, to deal with. I, I called people who are really close friends with Kenny Noyes. And, um, and, you know, while he didn't pass, he was uh, paralyzed in, in, a, in a crash, you know, right. which is the next closest thing to that, you know? So, um, I had a conversation with him and conversations with uh, just with a lot of people about other dads, how they're dealing with it and stuff like that. Um, and Kenny Norris wrote a book uh, that talked about his recovery process and stuff like that, which I highly recommend. It's, it's really, it helped put things in, into perspective um, to not blame motorcycling for the tragedy, you know, because tra tragedy happens all the time. Right. Uh, but I was blaming motorcycling as a sport. It, it was just difficult to watch. A lot of mixed up emotions and but that was it was one of three in the season you know that and we knew all three of the kids so there's jason we didn't know him closely but we trained with him a bit yeah uh hugo we he was on the racetrack when that happened and then um the last guy was um uh dean vinales yeah cousin which him we did know closely you know yeah um so it was last season was uh i the only time i've cried in the past like 15 years was when that time but just because they're young you know it's yeah. it's sad and um it's still difficult it's still stressful uh but i put my faith in him 
that you know he now understands the risk that he's taken and uh if he feels not comfortable or if he feels like he doesn't want to do it you know i know he, he's able to make that decision so i, I kind of leave the, the ball in his hands at this point and i put my faith in him and and that's it now do you think i mean they made some rule changes and obviously moto gp you know in, in yeah. relation to what happened but do you think i mean just by the sport in general it's going to be dangerous, but do you think anything needs to be done different? Like, I mean, they made an age requirement, whatever, but do you, do you think that's enough or do you think it's just one of those things that's going to happen? I mean, event, I mean, it's like, it's the nature of racing. 50-50. So, like, I don't think, if you look at the, the crashes, I don't think they were, um, the, the age, uh, the age change, I think, is a good thing. I don't think it's directly connected to the tragedy that happened. Right. It's a good thing because you have really young kids going really fast. You know, to put it, in perspective, I talked to older racers, and usually when they got to the level that he's racing at now, they were 18 years old, you know what I mean? Before, like 10 years ago, 15 years ago. Um, I think the age change is good because, A, it makes the families slow down a bit. We have a lot more time before they can arrive, which is good. So nobody's in a big rush because here at this level, everybody's in a rush to try to get a spot and things like that. From a safety perspective, I think the biggest problem is is the um, the rider culture. So it's really, really, really aggressive. We see it even in Moto3. You see people, um, I think the, pen the penalties, in my opinion, need to be a bit more strong for dangerous riding. You know, like you, you see people that are uh, standing out across the track on qualifying and they get a long, a long lap penalty. Well, that's the same thing you get for, I don't know, going into the green. It's like, well, no, no, no. The, like riding slowly on a qualifying lap means somebody could stack into the back of you and get seriously injured. Yes. The penalty for that needs to be a bit more strong. Twice last season, we saw riders in Moto3 um, going down the straight, and one rider bashes into another rider down the straight. It, it's uh, clearly intentional, and there's 25 riders behind them. Oh. That uh, could have been another tragedy, right. and the guy gets a long lap penalty. So in those situations, I think that the sanctions, in my opinion, need to be stronger to communicate to the riders to think a bit more, take, take a, a little bit more intelligent risk. It's, it's risky. You can't remove danger. Uh, I think most of the accidents that happened, Jason Depaski's crash, as an example, had nothing to do with age or nothing. It was just a yeah. bad luck, you know? Racing thing. Yeah, it's a racing thing. Yeah, yeah. So, so I think those tragedies are about bad luck, but there, there is a lot of dangerous riding. Um, you know, there's, I think, uh, Pedro Acosta had a really big scare. I don't remember what happened down the straight or something like that. They ran know? over his back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, there's a couple of. I was there. Yeah. I was there for that race. That's crazy, man. Yeah. It was like, you know, some of the stuff can be, some of the stuff I see can be avoided. Um, and I, I think it needs to be avoided because the kids are just riding over their limit to try to be like Marquez, which I, I respect Marquez's talent, but, you know, there's a lot of risk that goes along with that. And that's, if you look now, he's paying for that mentality, you know? So I think that it, what I, if I was in their shoes, or I think one thing that should be considered is making the penalty stronger or maybe a racer gets disqualified or for a race weekend or two for doing things that could cause somebody a lot of harm. Uh, and then the ra racers don't ride as crazy. Um, and, and there you have it. You know, you look back to Jorge Lorenzo when he was mad at Simoncelli. And while that there's a lot that's changed between now and then, now that statement for me is, is super relevant. He called you know? it. He called it. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, and it might be a jerk towards Simoncelli or, or the family. I'm not disrespecting him at all, but Jorge called yeah. it. And uh, I mean, but... Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot to go. go, go it's a tough one, that. man. Yeah, it's tough one. Yeah, you know, not an easy one. Yeah, 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 yeah. But moving on, moving on. Yeah. Hey, you guys train with the who's who of star. I mean, I look up. You're with my, one of my favorite Zavi uh, Artigas. Saw him at Coda. The guy is the greatest guy. I love talking to him. Him. You were with yeah. Garrett Gerloff. You were with Dakota Mamola. I don't know what Dakota does. He just hangs around and gets a job. That's all he does. He. One uh, minute, he's he's he's, the, he's Remy's side man, dude. He's like he's he's his homie. Yeah. yeah. One minute he's racing, next minute he's calling the race, next minute he's at Rocco's Ranch, now he's the side man at Cal Crutchlow, now he's with Remy. Like, what does he do? I mean, I don't know what, but anyway, you guys, you guys are racing with me with the who, we're training with the who's who. So what do you learn from those guys? And what do you pick apart? Like, like, do, or do you, or you just ride with them, oh, this is great. Or do you go, let me see what they're doing. Or how do they go into a corner? Or how do they, I mean, or do you, or do you pick their brain? Yeah, um, I remember one day at a, a track called Cyan. It's about an hour from, from my house. Uh, and 
I was like, I was right there and like, you know, Jack Miller and Daniel uh, Maverick Vinales were there with their ovales. And like, obviously they're, they're crazy, like they're crazy fast. And I was like, man, like, you know, like at least try to stick stick with them for like, a few corners and, and stuff like that. And I was like, okay, so like here I have to like slide it in a bit more to like turn it around and get on the gas a bit early, you know, like stuff like that. So like usually when I ride with people, I improve a lot, a lot, a lot. Do you, but do you ask them questions like on the breaks? Do you go, I mean, do you try to just pick their brain? Because I know I, I would probably get on their, I get on their nerves now. I mean, so I know if I was racing, I'd really get on their nerve. Like, do you like sit there and ask them questions like, hey, blah, 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 you know, do the start, where do you go? What do you, you know, do the whole shot, what do you do, blah, blah, blah. I mean, do you do that? Um, honestly, I don't know why I don't, but it's just like, I don't like <laughs> asking other riders like for, for you guys their... are crazy, dude. We ride with all these professionals and I'm like, can you please? Because he'll ask me, I don't know how, I don't know how Chappy is doing, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, he's, he's a good friend of ours. Why don't you just go ask him? Yeah. No, 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 it's okay. I'm like, well, <laughs> I think it's his pride, man. I think it's just a racer. He it's a writer's thing. He's, 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 they don't, unless you have a coach, like they don't do that. You know, I think it's just a pride thing. You just show up uh, and they don't want to show weakness. I, I don't know. I, I don't know what it is, but they don't. No. I wish he did. I, I end up asking a lot because I'm like, yo. He's asking me, and he's not going to ask you directly, but he wants to know how do you do that, you know. And then I'll take notes, and because otherwise, well, I'm like the, the teacher's right there. Like this is the guy, you know. Ask him. Yeah, so. well, like he just said, it's a writer thing, Dad. You wouldn't understand, you know. I mean, it's what he just basically said. Matter of fact, it made me mad that you put your dad out on Front Street like that. Go to bed. Seriously, just go to bed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, has your Spanish improved yet? Has your Spanish improved? Uh, my school says I'm I'm fully fluent now, so that's good. In your school, like how how fluent? Okay, let's. let's I want you to answer a question in all in Spanish. Okay, I did this last time. Let's see how good you've gotten. Okay. When does the season start, and what and what are your predictions on the season? Answer all that in Spanish. When does the season start, and what are your predictions on your season, Mister? I can speak fluent Spanish. Uh, he's getting nervous now. Yeah, I'm just like I'm, I'm a bit nervous. Yeah, I, I know, I know all this stuff. La temporada comienza el 21 de abril y pues mi predicción de este año es que sea, no sé, muy divertido y como ya como ya he corrido un año en European Talent Cup, pues no sé, este año es para ya ganar y tener puntos y y estar en los puntos y estar en el top 10 y todo esto. See, see, no entiendes, no entiendes. Let me let me add another angle in there because that's that's one of the languages. So here, I you probably know this already. Yeah, I'm gonna put them on front street on, on good. Back. good. <laughs> so do it in here. The the local language is Catalan, which you, you know in, in Catalonia. Yes. So which uh, so now there's no such thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on, do there's it in not, Catalan because no he, he speaks two three languages fluently. Do it in Catalan now. Oh, Catalan. Come on, come on. Come on. I don't know how to say it. Okay. Yes, you do. Yes, don't see. You, uh, you did your dad wrong. Your dad set you up and you did him wrong. How could you? <laughs> He's just shy, dude. He's just shy. <laughs> now, how is it? I, I never understood the, with Catalan and Spanish. Like, there was a little thing going on back in the day, day. So that's a whole different yeah. language, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's just, uh, so it's been like that. So there, there's a lot of French influence in Catalonia. Uh, so the, it sounds like, in my opinion, from outside, like they mix Spanish and French a bit. That, that's what it sounds like for me. And that's kind of how the language is formed as well. Okay, okay. Gotcha. And he speaks it, but he's just, he gets shy. He, if he's around a bunch of Catalan people, then it just comes flying out of his mouth. And they're like, what the heck? <laughs> so. so when does the season start? <laughs> when does your season start? It starts in April. No, May, May eighth. May, 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 May. Okay, so you got what a month and a half to go now, probably a little bit more. Yeah. Are you ready? Do you feel real? Do you feel ready? Yeah. What do you have to work on for you to get to that? I mean, to to be the, the top tier. Like, who's who the riders that are predicted to be at the top in in your in your field? Like right now in Moto three and in ETC. Honestly, I I don't know anymore because the people that that rode um, like the the season before I came in, mm -hmm. like I predicted them to win the championship like with no problem, 
And out of the blue, people that came from uh, Moto4, one of the one of the steps to ETC, out of the blue, uh, his name is Maximo Martinez. He won in his first in his first year. He won the championship. So now I, I'm really I really don't know who's going to be up there. Who's going to be the fat? I I'm I'm. It might be me next time. Be. <laughs> I was going to ask you yeah. that. Now, I mean, with what you have, with your with your team, do you feel confident you you could win a championship? I, for winning a championship, obviously, if I can, I would. But I just have to put a lot of work. And the thing is, everyone puts a lot of work. So what I have to do is like I have to work extra, like triple times extra to, from. Like like everyone else to get to their level. Like imagine it's like this. I have to work triple times to get to their to their same level. Are are you prepared and to do that? Are you prepared to do that? Yes, yes. And yes. Now, is it mentally or or is it more as a physical thing? It's really mental. And, and so, and what do you really. have to do? What do you have to improve on yourself? Like, what is if you have to sit down and write it out? I need to improve on this to get better. I just, I just need to improve on just like not doubting before doing something. Just like do it. I had like, a, I swear I had a conversation and, and I had, this is my second podcast this week. I'm, I'm getting two in a week, which is great. I had a, a, a racer out of England uh, named Lissy Whitmore. Talked to her about it. And she goes, you know, I have no kind of mental process. I just go out there and do. And, and, and she said when, she, when she's racing, that competitiveness takes over. And it's like, a, just a, she just does it. It doesn't get in her head. She just does it. And see, at one time she goes, "Wow, I'm racing with the top five guys in the in the division. I mean, in in, in the, the the category. I'm with the top five, so I'm definitely one of the best in this category." And she ended up winning the race. So, like for you, you have to. Is it more of a, a question of getting out of your head or finding the right mental space? Because for an athlete, finding the right mental space is so important. I mean, th that's one place. Where if I could go back and do it again as a wrestler, that's what I would do. I never could find the right mental place. So is that is that what it's like for you? It's it's more it's more of both. It's kind of everything like together because like if I would have a better mental space, I would just it would be a lot easier to just do it. Or but I, I don't think it's a lot of mental space. I feel like it's like I said, like I put a lot of pressure on myself and I like overthink a lot of stuff. And it's like, oh, well, you know, like I might crash, like if I do this, like I remember in the beginning of the season, I was scared to break late because the, the bike's freaking fast. It goes 210 kilometers per hour, um, like down the straight and breaking into that and trying to break later is like my, my brain was like, I'm not going to do this. Like, I'm not going to do it. And, you know, like there's just a lot of doubt. And now I've been, I've been working on in the off season on just like just doing it, like going to some place, riding with fast people and just latching onto their back and just following them and like doing everything they do, like try to do it. It doesn't matter if the front talks, their front is probably coming to you, get on the gas, the, their back is probably moving the, you know, all this stuff. And that that's really what I'm just trying to work on. Like just trying to like get on that, like, you know, like the click. Yeah. Now, are, are, now I know we talked last time. You were talking about meditating. You meditate, and are you still doing that? Are there any books you're reading? Because I mean, I, I always tell people. For me personally, the secret changed everything for me a lot. The secret, and there's, I mean, everybody has their own process, but for me, I do a lot of like, especially now, you kids, you can have, you know, you got YouTube at your disposal. There's a lot of things, you know, with the mental and YouTube. I go, I read the secret, and a great book for me for the was the Project Three Six Nine that helped me get over mental humps, you know, and everything. So, how, do you still meditate? Uh, no. no, no, you don't meditate anymore. What what happened? It wasn't working. Uh, I think he's teenage. His hormones hit. And he's, you know, his voice dropped, so he's too cool, too cool for school. Dad, I don't need to meditate. No. Dad, I'm cool. Dad, don't worry about it, bro. I got it. Okay, I'll go into the school. Uh, but you know, to one of the, one of the things we do. So, like, I do. Uh, um, I'm moving into like coaching at my at my job. So I've, I've studied a bit on life coaching. I did some some side life coaching. So we spend a lot of time uh, talking through a lot of this stuff. Uh, what like, and we'll have one or two hour drives when we're going places. So the one thing that, that I'm focused on this season is trying to help him 
a lot of it, I think, is being aware of his mental space. So I, I'd say the big difference that I see him him, him now is when he can identify when he's frustrated about something. Because I can already, I, I know when he's going to get frustrated. Something happens with the bike or, you know, something happens and normally it would, it didn't take much to get him out of his zone, you know? Yeah. Um, so, a lot, you know, we do a lot of, I do a lot of work with him to like subconsciously, I don't know if he knows that I'm working on him, but just to make him aware of what's going through his own head so that he can start putting the puzzle pieces together in the way that they need to be. And at least identify what's making him trip up, uh, what, what's blocking him mentally, you know? So now he's able to identify, um, it's happened a few times in training and stuff like that. He'll say, yeah, I felt this way on this lap. So I took half the lap off and, you know, then I cooled down and I got my head back in the zone, uh, stuff like that. So we don't meditate, but we're, it's kind of a habit to talk about. And it's not just with writing, though. It's, it's with school, with the family. It's just being aware, period. First of all, like I, like I said before, school's so overrated. I mean, who needs an education? As long as you can ride a motorcycle. <laughs> that's all that matters. You ride a motorcycle I'm well, that will, that will give you the, all the education you need in life is riding a motorcycle. I mean, seriously, that opens so many doors. Who cares about reading? I mean, we're going we're to close this. The meeting's over. The meeting's <laughs> over, bro. You've undone all the work I've done over the past 13 years. I appreciate it, bro. <laughs> no. Hey, on that on that on that uh, train of thought, I got a I got like a, a friend that's a he's a motorcycle rider. Pretty, I'm pretty yeah, I'm pretty sure you know Joel Kelso. He's in Moto Three right now. Yes, yes. Yeah, I want to hit him. Up. I want to hit him up and, and see if he'll he'll do the podcast. I want to talk to him because I know you guys are close to him. So yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's a big all, all season long in the in the, the like in the garage. That's how he's talking about. He's like. Christian, when are you going to quit school, dude? You don't need school anymore. That was his whole, like, all year long. He was always, but just, come on, man. You're right. You don't need school. Just tell the teachers you already know what you need to know. He's saying that it was hilarious. All the Australians yeah. and New Zealand are like, school? I mean, and I love that philosophy. Like I said, school, yeah. overrated, bro. Overrated. <laughs> Stay racing. Overrated. Stay racing. School, overrated. Listen, yeah. I'm, we got to get ready to get out of here, but I want to know, are you going to do the uh, right foot creep when you uh, win your first uh uh, race yes. and, and are you gonna do the right foot creep? Yes. Good work, dude. Good work. He's super. I, I'm I'm happy. He's leading into season super confident and he's preparing for a podium or something. So I'm like, dude, he's you know he's he's in that with the right mindset. And, and and that's what it is. I honestly and I love this because that's what I want to see is he's having fun. Remember the first time I talked, I said, as long as you're having fun, man. That's all I want to care about. And you guys are having fun. And it's great to see. You are a role model. Whether you know it or not, you're a role model to the kids over here, man. And I mean it from the bottom of my heart. You got the support from the United States and other places, man. I mean, I know it doesn't feel like it, but trust me, man, you're, gonna, you're, you're, you're working to be a cult classic over here. And I mean, if, we look up to you. And you and yeah, Dad. Hey, I wanted to call out, we're, we're putting together a website and like a membership thing so that people can... So we can connect with those because I know he sees the, the core people like yourself. There's a few core people that we know are are deeply in the corner, but we're trying to expand it out. So uh, stay tuned for like a, a, a website. We've already have the website live. We're putting together like a membership thing okay. to where we'll be able to do like Zoom calls with fans and stuff like that to really get people engaged this season. Yeah. So that A, so people can be, you know, right along with this, but B also so he can touch engage with the people that are supporting him because i don't i think he's a bit disconnected from it sometimes he doesn't feel the you know oh, we gotta so try to up that. there's nothing but love here for it. any other sponsors you guys want to plug right now before we get out of here uh, I'll call out this, uh yeah i'll, I'll call up vanel design which is his grandma number one sponsor uh definitely number one sponsor uh <laughs> did, you see, um, did you see that truck almost hit that car no i yeah <laughs> i'm talking you guys are going, i'm like this one yeah, you know Vanel Design? No. I saw I, I saw it in the in the window. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, so Vanel Design, his grandma, Vanya, big shout out to her. Honestly, it wouldn't be possible without her. Um, one 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 management and Scar and Nadal, his suit sponsor, Mythos, his helmet sponsor, Kabuto. Those are some key people. Kenny Noyes for like guidance. I, I mean Venom Sport. Venom Sport, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um those are the main ones. All of the sponsors that are on his page. We honestly, it's really expensive to race. Um, and we have some really good people in our corner that make this possible. So starting with his grandma, his grandma's at the top. No. Also, also, I want the Welling to sponsor me, please. Welling the airline. 
<laughs> so I can get some free first class uh, flights. Yeah, we need to hey, on the flight. You will. Trust me. Hey, one of these days, you'll have your own little private jet and you'll be like, yeah. Remember the days when I used to fly with the losers, but now that I'm a woman. We'll, we'll do, the, we'll do the, the interviews from there, BT. I'll, I'll be like, I'll be like, is that that guy? No, he's going to be on the plane. Is that you? No, he's going to be on no, the plane. No, no, no. Not, not BT, but like the people like, you know, like we go on the plane with, you know, like those people that cut the line. Ah, yeah, yeah. Like going on to the, there's just one guy, he just like cut the whole line. Like everyone was waiting for like 30 minutes. And this guy's just sitting down right there like this. He's looking on his phone and he sees that everyone's starting walking. He's like, he just cut the line. Yeah. He, he just like went. And then like the, the airplane people didn't do anything. He wants to be that guy. Yeah. No, <laughs> I, I, I don't, don't want to be that guy. I want to be, I want to be like, I want to be walking to my private jet and be like, I remember that guy. And I'm gonna be, yeah. yeah. Walk to your private jet. Cause you do that. And one of these days you get your ass whooped. I mean, that's what happens eventually to those guys. You didn't see it that time, but it, it happens. It happens. And you don't want to do that. Exactly. You don't want to do that. Hey, no. you need all this to get sponsorship. You need this. You need this. You need some talent, but you need this. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Christian Daniel Jr. And senior as always, I cannot begin to tell you, man, how much you seriously, you touched my heart from the very first time we had that connection, and I couldn't wait to get you back on. I'm so happy for you. I, I, I don't know if it even it conveys over this right here, but, man, I support you in everything you do. And I mean, if I'm I remember seeing you, was it here in Valencia or something like that? We saw you. Yes. Yeah. Uh, you were wearing a red, red sweater, and I remember the energy and the vibe that you had at that moment. I was like, this is one of this is he's one of your biggest fans dude, from a long time ago well i just remember that dude so we, i we feel it definitely yeah man sure. and, and it's for real too i mean from the bottom of my heart it is man like i said i'm a wannabe who wish he was but you guys are actually doing it and i i nothing support you all the way i mean it from the bottom of my heart i will see you in europe probably this year i don't know where but we'll do that let us know we'll, yeah. be we'll see you. we'll see you so thank you guys again for for being on today thank you guys for watching tales from a gemini i appreciate it and you know the word like we say about this time you know how i do it Pay.